Welcome to the Talking Single Podcast, a podcast featuring four single and successful black women living in London. Join us each week as we share our stories and our experiences, the highs and lows of navigating life, love, and everything in between. Oh, and we do all that with a good dose of humour and a whole lot of style. I'm Keisha, the fun-loving on romantic, your host for today. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Talking Single podcast. Today's topic is about contentment and authenticity. Hosting is me, Keisha, the fun-loving romantic, and here with me is Crystal, our recovering love addict. Hey, Crystal. Hey, you said the fun-loving romantic, so have you changed? Oh, <laughs> I think that unconscious? That guy, that guy in oh, your house. Wow. No, has no, really still, changed you hmm, that, that i need to explore that i need to explore that that is so interesting all right and we've got ruby the cautious romantic how are things going oh good oh good i agree i think you are you know subliminally telling us that you have moved from being unromantic to being romantic oh mm. wow 2021 <laughs> gonna be interesting huh okay <laughs> and unfortunately today we don't have Rashida um she's a bit under the weather so please send her some love thanks for joining us okay so contentment is all about um being satisfied with what one has not wanting more or anything else right um it's a state of feeling satisfied and being in a state of peaceful happiness. So the dictionary tells me. So today we're going to be talking about both contentment and how that feeds into our authentic self. We'll cover how this ties into your true self and what your needs are. We'll also discuss the impact of discontent in today's world where we're sort of bombarded with images and stories of other people's best days you know we're constantly comparing our bodies our jobs relationships i mean even our holidays so is it possible to make a conscious decision to not compare our worst days with other people's best days or even the other way around so what do you guys think i definitely think that um social media is um one of the means by which we compare ourselves to other people's lives but as you said don't compare people's best days to your normal or worst days um exactly. i think just just live your own life Pause. you're so right um you know i was thinking about it and the, the social media has a real big part to play in how we feel because people put images of their best selves on, on social media. And then we look at it and we feel like we're not good enough or we're missing out on something or we're not achieving as much. It starts to fuel um, this lack of contentment and starts yeah. to make us live in authentic ways. I think that's part of it. Yeah. And I also think that I also think that sometimes there is this competitive streak or nature when we measure up ourselves with our friends our peers um and say oh why haven't i done this why haven't i achieved that or why is that happening to me and not happening to somebody else um, and there's also sometimes pressure that comes from family um, expectations that you know demand us to behave or be certain things and we don't necessarily have to to follow the Preach the whims of others 
Mm, you know love it love it thank you and that sort of is about you know being our authentic self is about knowing ourselves um listening to the gut feeling within yourself and following your instinct and this enables you to make your own decisions that reflect your deeper self-awareness being your own self is taking responsibility for your actions um and also taking responsibility for any feelings or instincts you followed through on because they are yours. So, you know, what's yours is yours. Be yourself and put your actions and thoughts and feelings into practice. So I think I should first clarify the difference between contentment and complacency because I don't want us to think that by um, discussing contentment, we, we are telling you not to strive to be your best self. The difference can seem very minor, but there's quite a big difference between the two because contentment is about being happy with what you have and finding satisfaction in your present circumstances. While complacency is just being unsatisfied with how your life is at the moment and still being unwilling to make changes to improve your situation. So it's like comparing yourself to somebody else but not actually doing anything about what what is it that person has that should be your own goal to try to attain or you know is it something you really want or are you just being sort of envious of what somebody else has um and it's just complacent things about not wanting to make changes just just being covetous in a way just wanting what somebody else has Actually, I would say that complacency, just to build on what you were saying, is it may not even be about being looking at somebody else's life and wanting that and not wanting to work for it. It could just be that one is unhappy with one's lot in life, knows that there are things that you need to do differently, but don't want to do it or, you know, or expecting other people to do it for you. Yeah, very, very correct. Love it. Love it. So, um... Crystal, what does the word contentment mean to you and how does that align to what you value? Do you consider yourself content? Um, I am very content. Um, I've learned earlier, earlier on in life and I, I always think about this, but I don't know how I learned this, not to compare my journey with other people's journey, not to compare what I have with other, what other people have. And the only thing the only thing that ever bothered me up until a couple of years ago was being single. <clears throat> that was my only reason for discontent. I wanted a relationship so much, but then I went on this, I don't know, life, God, the universe took me on this spiritual journey. And I realized in that journey, I think three things, happiness is, um, is not a destination, it's a journey. I realized um, the power of now, focusing on today and not trying to look at the past or not trying to build on the, not trying to project into the future and worrying about those things. And um, I've forgotten my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, and gratitude, gratitude was the third one. I learned to be grateful. And those three things have really, really, really changed my life for the better. And the minute I learned those three things was, well, when I learned those three things, cause it was a journey, was when I stopped 
um, worrying about being single when I became content and looked for the peace within myself. So yeah, I do consider myself um, content. Obviously, as you said, um, contentment does not mean complacency. So there are times when I do strive for things, but it's not out of discontent or out of comparison. No, not at all. So yes, I would say I'm content. And I'm going to, and I love that because basically what you're saying is strive to be happy, be present and also be grateful. Um, exactly. I think, yeah. I love 100%. It. What about you, Ruby? I'm the same, you know, I would say I am, I'm very content. It took me a, um, a while to accept where I am in life. And I think in order to be content, you have to accept where you are in life. That's the first step. So getting to a point of acceptance uh, took me many years, but, um, and, and I accepted who I was. And when I, and when I say myself, my behavior, my, um, the pros and cons of my personality, I accepted that as who I am. I think that's the first step. And then accepting the situation that I was in life because there are a consequence of choices um, that I took or that, some, that somebody else took, but that's where I am. And I think the third part of that is not looking back. The shoulda, woulda, couldas are the worst things you can spend your time reflecting on. And, and, and that got me to a place of, yeah, being content with where I am in life, being thankful um, to, to Crystal's points about gratitude, being thankful for what I have um, and all the blessings that surround me. And there are a lot. Oftentimes we just focus on what we don't have as opposed to appreciating what we do have. Um, and knowing that the, the things that I'm still wanting to have will come true based on the actions that I take today, but there's only so much that is in my control. So again, acceptance becomes really, really uh, an important philosophy or, or value that I have. And then the last part of it is, you know, always lived, trying to live a life of no regrets, you know, so always trying to do things that I will not go back and say, I wish I hadn't, or I wish I had. Um, and, and, you know, also again, recognizing that you're only human, right? So you, mistakes will happen, you will, you will fumble along the way. Um, but again, you just have to accept that's part of who you are. And so for me, contentment really came to fruition when I learned acceptance um, of myself, you know? So I love that, Ruby. That's so, so good. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Acceptance, being thankful and having no regrets. Words to live by also. Um, for me, I think contentment has also been a journey. Um, mm. And I think um, it's come about because there are some very specific areas in society that um, breed that discontent. And I've had to, I guess, the same as Ruby, navigate those things and learn to accept where I am and also learn to accept who I am. Because I think I have quite a strong personality and I think sometimes it alienates people. So I'm learning to, and having that strong personality, it means that I, I think sometimes I push people away. And so I'm learning to also be my best self mm. so that when I do push them away, I'm all, all also able to own my actions and own, 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 own my own being, so to speak. Mm. So it's mm. about acceptance of myself 
it's, all, it's also being sort of grateful for where I am and understanding that I am where I am because of my past. And if I want my future to change, if I want it to change, it's also within my hands. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. how I feel. Yeah. Nice. I mean, let, let's address these sort of issues in society that breed discontent. Um, I think I'll start with you, Crystal. Um, let's, let's pick material possessions as one of those things. Um, and how society, especially, you know, now in the 21st century, is very, how society feels about material um, possessions. I'll let you pick that up. Cool. Um, uh, have you heard, I know you've, or everyone has heard of um, keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. Everyone is trying to keep up with the Joneses. And sometimes, <laughs> yeah, and I was about to say, and sometimes the Joneses are the Kardashians are mm. in Hollywood. They earn more than you. They have fame. They have loads of money. So me trying to buy all these expensive things that the Kardashians have just because I've seen it on social media, things I can't afford. And unfortunately, we've got all these credit cards sometimes that we can use used to buy stuff and we just buy so much stuff sometimes we just even buy so much cheap stuff even and it just becomes um an object of stress like so I I recently discovered I had too many clothes and that stressed me out especially during lockdown it was like why do I have these many clothes so I <laughs> I and I know that a lot of women um can relate to that too many clothes too many shoes mm. how many do you wear and had to get rid of all of that so I think social media has a lot um, to do with it we're always and I guess marketing we're always wanting the the latest fashion we never we live in a society where we never fix things we just throw them away and get the new and get the newest or the latest edition so yeah I think that those are my thoughts on um material possessions like yeah. we're always trying to keep up with the joneses and i i do not um well up to an extent i do not do that i don't compare myself to a rich person and i'm not trying to buy the next louis vuitton chanel birking is a big one now everyone wants a birking bag i do not want a that's cardi bag. b y'all <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I do not want a birking bag thank you I can't afford it, but also I don't want it. <laughs> what about you, Ruby? No, I'm with I'm with Crystal on this one. I'm like, um, you know, I, I don't. I'll confess, you know, I'm, I used to be and probably still still am a little bit of a shopaholic, right? And such an impulse buyer. Um, it's funny, you know, Crystal. You mentioned clothes because yesterday I was looking in my wardrobe, and I think a quarter of it to my shame. I haven't even taken the price tag off. I literally have, because there's nowhere to go in the exactly. last year. I've not been able to go anywhere. I did a lot of shopping for clothes for work. I've not been able to go to work. So half of these clothes still have the price tag on. And I was like, why am I buying these things? And, you know, I think a couple of reasons why. One is, yes, we want to keep up with the Joneses. But I think it's also, speaking as a Black woman, you know, clothes or possessions um, add to your ammunition, your armor, 
when you go out into the world, when you speak to people. Um, I know in the corporate world, I realized very quickly, I had to dress a certain way, own certain things to be seen as, you know, um, to, be see to be seen, to be taken seriously, to be seen as somebody who has progressed in life. So there is a little bit of self-esteem attached to material possessions that I buy sometimes. You know, I don't want to speak for other people. And it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that way. Our self-worth should not be tied to what we own and what we wear, whether we have a Birkin bag or not. And I often think that, yeah, you know, we we compensate, you know, personality and value with possessions. And it shouldn't be that way, but sometimes it unfortunately is. You know? and, and it is easy to say that, you know, we, it's not as if we don't know that mm. material possessions don't have um, um, a happiness value, so to mm. speak. We all know it, but yet we still measure ourselves against them. You know, we still get excited if we get, if somebody gives us a Bir Birkin bag, we might not buy one, but if somebody gives you one, you'll be like, hey, how's <laughs> my Birkin? You know, so that it's whether we're paying for it or whether we're being given it, we still attach a lot of value to these material possessions. And it's it's not something we can get away from. It's something we can manage, um, which you, you yourself have said, really, that, you know, it's something that you you are aware of. And, you know, it's but it's something that just I guess we just need to be aware of and manage and in you know, keeping ourselves authentic we also need to know what value those things have to us as a person. Do you mm. think you'll be measured by wearing that bag? And if so, who is actually measuring you and who are those people to you? Exactly. You know, then exactly. Preach. Yeah. Preach. Who are those people Absolutely. to you? Because I know that Rebe's not going to love me less whether or not I have a Birkin, but I'm sure if I give her one, she might love me a bit more. <laughs> I couldn't Listen. possibly love you even or more than I already do, my love. I couldn't oh. possibly. <laughs> I love my girl. Keisha, if yeah. you give me a Birkin bag, I'm gonna sell it. Just so you know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm selling that thing. <laughs> Get the money, oh. y'all. Let's go party. You know, if it comes a point where I, I'm all for buying stuff that makes you feel good, right? I'm all yeah. for that. You know, like yeah. I said, life don't have regrets. And, yeah. you know, what is money for but to make you, you know, feel good, make you happy and make exactly. others around you happy. But I think when it gets ridiculous is when, like, do, do you really need a Birkin bag that costs? I don't even know how much it costs. Mm. You know, do you, do you really, if you really, really need that to be happy, that says more about you. Than anything yeah. else do you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. you know so, so i think it's about putting things into some level of context you mm. know uh, that makes kind of meaningful sense so but hey different strengths hey. for different folks and i, thought, I was I just i'm just looking yeah. at sorry guys i'm just looking at a birkin bag mm -hmm. and i'm seeing thirty-seven thousand eight hundred and seventy-two ninety. only i didn't <laughs> it's not even expensive oh jeez See, <laughs> that money could you could use that towards a mortgage payment. yep you know what I mean. for a mortgage 100 percent. you know what i mean <laughs> i'll be living in chelsea right now if i had two birkin bags yeah like no doubt <laughs> <laughs> so mm. i'll be like so the party's at chelsea ladies are you coming 
Of course. <laughs> so just to say, if you're if you're giving people Birkin bags, Keisha, Mita, mm. I will sell it. I will eBay it straight away. Imagine. So this is six grand. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Oh. But anyway, yeah, I think, yeah, material possessions, we all fall victim of it, but guess I guess it's about um, when you buy them, make sure that they're there to spark joy for you, not for anybody else or anybody yeah. else's perception. And I guess that's the main, that's the main point. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a more difficult one, though, that breeds discontent, and that's self-image, yeah. body image. Mm, yeah, yeah, what do you think about? Oh, 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 I see Crystal nodding her head already. Okay, speak, speak. Yeah, I have a really, really, really um, difficult um, <laughs> relationship with my body. Um, I have been the thin girl, the in between girl, the fat girl, if you want to call it that. And yes, I, I'm not going to lie, I have compared my body to bodies of people online. But there was a time when we used to get lied to by all these women who had the perfect body shape. And in my mind, that was, they had the perfect slim waist and a very curvy um, bottom part. And they told us that they did that by squatting and exercising. And I can see Kisha saying, Yash, that's what we they call it in Nigeria. Perfect <laughs> nyash. <laughs> um, and you know, they lied to us that they achieved that by uh, by squatting and exercising. And some people spent, I mean, I naturally have a big bum, <laughs> big nyash, but bragging, they lied to us that they spent that well. Okay, no. Um, they lied to us that they spent that they spent that looking that great in the gym, but then later on we learned that the butt was bought, the ribs were taken out to give them that perfect shape. And it's like all these people that you've been comparing your body to, all these celebrities, all these so-called celebrity influencers, don't actually haven't actually worked for it. Yeah. And then the other thing is. You ne we need to realize, and I need to realize this as well, that everyone's body shape is different. Mm. Like me trying to be a size eight is not gonna work. I'm never gonna achieve that. I am naturally, uh, I was a size eight when I was younger, but even then I was very naturally curvy. So I'm not gonna achieve that. So comparing my body, my curvy body to someone who isn't curvy, is just going to kill me. And I'd known someone who almost died just trying to look perfect like someone who was on stage. She kept saying, I want to be like this person. And she stopped eating. And she got very, very sick. And yeah, so I have, I have a really, really weird relationship with self-image. And it's an ongoing journey. And I'm, I'm still trying to teach myself don't compare your body with anybody else's. As long as you're being healthy, you'll be okay. And that is my journey. It's still a journey. I'm not there yet, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh -huh. me. Uh, what about you, Ruby? So I think yeah, I've also had uh, a journey um, when it comes to self-image. I never really used to think of myself as attractive. 
Um, I grew up wearing these really horrible glasses because my eyesight was so bad. It really dented my image. And I never really, and I grew up fairly skinny. So God, I'm getting a bit emotional because it's reminding me of when I was bullied in school because of my body. So I really, and it made me very, very shy. It made me withdraw into myself. And I really struggled with that for a long time. Um, and then I, and that's why I talk about acceptance of self because I then, sorry, I'm getting very emotional here. But then I, I then um, realized that the people that I was allowing myself to be influenced by really didn't matter to me. I didn't give, I didn't care about them. I didn't give a shit about them. Um, um, and it really, it didn't matter what they thought of me. It mattered more what I thought of myself. And in striving to meet some kind of standard would not make other people like me or accept me any more or any less. Mm -hmm. And that was what got me to the place of acceptance, of acceptance of my face and saying, if I love my face, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. If I love my body, that's all that matters. It doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks about it. And so today I am very, I, I see myself as a beautiful black woman with a body gifted by God. <laughs> and if you don't like it, go suck lemons. Like really. <laughs> yes, go girl. Suck some yes, lemons. Yes, yes. Um, I think lemons are even too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> go suck them because, you know, God made me this way and he does not make mistakes. And I, and I accept what I am and who I am. And there's only one me, Kusi, photocopy. That's um, it. So there's only one me. So I, but it took me a long 20 years mm. to get to this place where I can look at myself in the mirror and say, Rebe, they took time when they made you. Mm. You know, I mean, it took me a long, long time to get to this space. And it's when I just stopped looking at other people and just kind of focused on my own self-image and self-worth. Mm. Um, and, and, and I think you said something, Keisha, about how social media doesn't help and before social media it was those ads on tv yeah mm. they never really helped you because they, they gave this fake idea of beauty mm. that you you know it didn't fit everybody didn't fit me it, it was a journey to get to where i am now where say whatever you want to mm, if i'm That's happy cool. with myself i'm happy and i am and I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. I am yeah. so, so glad to hear that. Because that's yeah, Ruby, you are, you are beautiful. Oh, I look at you and I see a beautiful, you have an amazing body. So, banging. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are making me cry. <laughs> it's the truth. I'm not even I'm just saying that. I'm literally shedding tears right now. Oh, <laughs> you guys are amazing. Oh. We got you, girl. Yo, you are gorgeous. Don't worry about it. No, anybody who says otherwise, you know who to send them to. <laughs> yeah, beat them up. <laughs> no, I can put you in life again. You have, we have you have girls that have your back. Crystal, you were gonna say something about society and parents. I I just think that parents need to teach their children to be kind. Mm -hmm. And we need we also need to teach our children to love their bodies. Yeah. And to, and to respect all, all body types and to understand that everybody is different. Yeah. Because if then you go to school and you, you see a chubby person, you accept them. 
you wouldn't be laughing at them. Or if someone else was bullying a jobby person, you would stand up for them. And so I think teaching children from a young age to be kind is very, very, very important. It's, 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 you're making them better human beings. A lot of children have committed suicide because of things like this. And so parents have the onus, I think, to, to bring no, I, re- I remember needs. when I was being bullied, um, I actually hated going to school. I mm. hated going to school like with, with a passion. And like I said, it just made me just very quiet. Like if you just don't say anything, people would not even notice you and they would just leave you alone. Mm. Mm. Um, and and, and it, it took a lot to kind of get out of, and sometimes I still find myself, oh, if you're quiet, nobody will notice and they will leave you alone. It's amazing how things like that stay with you. You have to actively work against it. So you're absolutely right. You know, how kids are brought up um, is, is so important in, in, in how it, it, they influence, um, how they behave to others and how that impacts self-image. It takes years to recover from those kinds of kind of things, right? did your parents did your parents notice that you were quiet or was that just in school that you were quiet how were you at home they did they did my parents did they they ask questions they they did what do they want to do about it though there's really not much they can do I think what I guess what my I think my my dad really encouraged me my dad was amazing he was more of the he was more of this kind of person of saying you know, you need, you need to build your character because the world is not going to be kind to you all the time. You need to build your, your inner character. You need to build your, your, your mental Self-worth, muscle. really, isn't it? Yeah, you need to build your mental muscle to deal with those things. My mm. mom was kind of like, you don't need those people in your life. You know, mm. you don't need those people in your life. So, so they gave the advice. But when you're at that age, you know, you're dealing, you're not thinking to that level of, you know, build your mental muscle and all of these things. You're just like, I'm going to school tomorrow and these girls are just going to have at me again. Yeah, I was just thinking um, another thing with parents. I don't know why, but we parents also need to speak to their children as well and tell them you're beautiful and uh, your image, what um, the way you look does not... Oh, what am I trying to say? Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you mean. Beauty comes from inside. Beauty, yeah. yeah, beauty does not dictate... How you look does not dictate who you are as a yeah. person. But and I'm not so even... don't, don't sit on, oh, this child is beautiful and this one isn't. Mm. No. I'm not even sure it's necessarily a parent thing because beauty standards themselves have changed over a period of time. And who's mm. to say what is actually beautiful or not. Because if you go to some societies, being curvy um, in black culture is everything. But if you go to European society, the skinnier you are with the thigh gap, you know, with ribs coming out, it's actually a thing, it's, it is yeah. fashion. So, and, and, and that, and they, you know, in, in different cultures, they don't necessarily care whether your body structure or your bone structure fits in that. It's just yeah. the same way we have, um, when people want to fit into black culture, they're getting breast implants, boob implants, removing ribs. And, you know, and when people want to be really super thin, they're going on these crazy, crazy diets, mm. literally depending on where they live in the world. So you, you can never attain any standard of beauty. It's literally impossible. You, 
you 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 at some point and i don't know whether it's age or awareness or what it is but at some point you have to this is work with what you've got basically be content with whatever body you have whether you're fat you're thin or you know and maybe fat isn't the right word but for me i've always been big i mean i've been both big and really thin and one thing i will say is when i lost weight i didn't gain more friends when i gained the weight back my friends didn't desert me so you know it's it's I think a lot of it is the people you surround yourself with and mm. a true understanding of your own self-worth because whether you, whatever you look like, it, it might get people through the door to say hello to you, but they're not going to stick around because you've got a pretty face. You know, it's mm. just not going to mm. be enough. The friends that you've had with you all through these years or the family you've had with you, nobody's going to wake up one morning and say, oh, you ain't cute, bye. It's mm. never going to happen. So we do, self-image seems to be very important, but in reality, it really isn't. Um, mm. And I think I, I, I picked that up very early in life, um, probably because I, how I grew up. So I've probably got this body dysmorphia the wrong way because, you know, I'm a big girl, but I still look in the mirror. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> you know, like... You fly girl, where are you going? <laughs> but I, I, you know, it's 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 but it's I think it's as a result of the people around me and also because I wasn't necessarily affected by what people said. But which is why I'm not necessarily thinking it's a parent thing. I think I think being surrounded by love really helps. Yeah, but who surrounds you? Who surrounds you with love the first few years of your life? It's your parents. And I think family, it's in, friends, family. family and friends. Yeah, but friends. but as you're growing up, I think for parents it's important to let your child know that you're beautiful no matter what you look like and no matter what anyone else thinks. No, I think you're beautiful. You are beautiful. There is more. There is more to you than what people can see. I think that's important. I think um, Luna agrees. Uh, she's <laughs> the one yapping in the background. She completely agrees with you, and so yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Okay, so let's pick another area of discontent: busyness, that formal fear of missing out, and it is an area of discontent because right now in the world we always want to be seen to be doing something especially you know with social media you want to be posting you want to play the guitar you want to sing in the choir you want to read the best books you want to watch the best movies you want to go for the best experiences you know you want to be have you you done have you skydived have you ridden on horseback have you gone skiing you know like it's all about what have you done have you gone to this festival that festival you know it's it's what did you post last week? What did you do this week? That picture you posted last week, did you not go to that same place last week? Like, it never happens. <laughs> like, when people are posting online, you don't see people repeating posts. You know, it's like, it, it's always something new. So how do, um, um, Crystal, how does this business or this formal affect society? What do you think about it? Oh, I find this one a bit difficult to answer. Um, I guess it's the same thing as keeping up with the Joneses. We want to be seen doing what everyone else is doing. Um, I think 
in order not to burn out <laughs> and um, go crazy, you need to know where, you need to listen to your body, your mind, know when you're tired, know when to say no. And also I think a good, a good thing to do is not to think if I, if I did not post this on social media, if nobody knew that I was going to this place, would I actually go? Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Authenticity. Authentic Authenticity. Would I actually go? If I did not have to post this on social media, would I actually enjoy myself? Would I actually go? I think that's the question we need to ask ourselves when we're doing all these busy, yeah. busy, busy, busy bee without actually gaining anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, that's yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see you nodding there Ruby what do you think no I completely agree so so I think first of all on a personal level this is not something that I struggle with because I am inherently lazy it is something that I have acknowledged and accepted about myself that if you want me to come and do something out of my house you, it really has got to be something I want to do I'm just not um, the kind of person that will want to go hiking or, um, you know, Keisha knows the number of times she's asked me to come hiking and I'm like, why? What's because of? <laughs> what are they doing there? <laughs> what is happening there? Is there food? No? Okay, uh, pass. So I've just never been this kind of person that uh, feels the need to, to fill my diary with stuff. I'm such a homebody and I guess because I, I draw energy from within, so I'm very happy with my own company glass of wine good book nice music it doesn't take a lot to make me happy and i quite frankly don't care about what else is happening out there there will be times when i kind of look at people on instagram who have traveled to bali and are skydiving somewhere i'm like oh that's nice but and i'll say oh maybe i wish i could do that but then i say but you are a lazy girl you don't want to do that <laughs> right so i don't and it goes back to what I talked about, you know, when you accept who you are yeah. and you don't try and be what you are not, because that's not going to make you happy, not going to mm -hmm. fill you with joy, mm -hmm. then it's fine. But you are, but I do think that there is this societal pressure to be busy, to be doing something. I think that's what Instagram was designed for. You have to be posting something even before Instagram, because it's not Instagram that created it. You get back to work on Monday, everybody says, so what did you do over the weekend? Mm -hmm. And I not just sleep in my bedroom. Is that not good <laughs> enough? Must I do something? You didn't go anywhere. No, I didn't go anywhere. But you, you get asked this question, like you had to have done something. You go on holiday, you have a break from work. Where did you go? You didn't travel. You didn't go to Ibiza or Kilimanjaro or something. You know, I think sometimes there's this, societal pressure to have done something you guys will remember in lagos when it was the two weeks you took off holiday people will expect you to travel abroad Ew, do yeah. something yeah why you know i get about if it's your passion to travel and explore life i think you said it crystal if you're not posting it would you do it and if you if you mm. wouldn't then why are you doing it is the question but there's no doubt that there is this inherent pressure that we put on ourselves to always be busy so I told myself this year whether there was lockdown or there was no lockdown nobody's I don't have any 10 places to go before I die or 20 <laughs> places to reach before I'm 50 there's none of that um, because I just think unless it's really what you want to do there's yeah. no need 
Oh, wow, words. And I, I have to admit, I struggle with this a lot. I am one of those people that I want to be doing absolutely. If you so much have mentioned something to me, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to do it. So yes, I have skydived. Yes, I have gone horse racing. Yes, I have, you know, like I've literally gone hiking, you know, everywhere. So it's like, I, I just want to do it. And there are some things I just do and never, ever, ever do it again. Or even like I went skiing once and I goddamn hated it. It was like <laughs> horrible. <laughs> and it was, and even, even an indoor, and I don't like cold. And I know I don't like cold, but just because, oh, they want to do something. Oh, let me to do it. I now carried my black self into this icy place <laughs> with my freezing cold fingers. And I was just there miserable for the whole goddamn day. You know, and yet the next day I'll still want to do something else. So it's something I struggle with a lot. And I don't even think I do it necessarily to post it. I just think that, ooh, ooh, this thing can be done. I want to do it too. You know, FOMO, fear of missing out. So yeah, I do struggle with it. Um, but I, 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 I'll, I'll work on it so I can be more authentic and do the things I truly want to do. You know, I'll take a leaf out of your book, Ruby. <laughs> Sometimes it's not appreciated because I remember there was a time um, uh, we did a work away trip to Turkey um, and it was when it was winter in Turkey. We did this work away trip um, and just because you mentioned skiing and I hate skiing. Um, so this trip, but it was a, with a bunch of white people. So obviously they all wanted to go skiing. So they booked this as part of the work away trip, they booked this ski resort where they had booked skiing lessons for everybody. And I had been saying, guys, I don't ski. I don't like to ski. I will perpetuate every black stereotype. I don't want to get my hair wet. I'm not good on ice. I don't want to ski. But they were like, it's a team event. You have to do it. And I'm not one that is pro bubuero, pro crowd. That's not me. But anyway, we got to this place in Turkey. You know, Turkey is known for its really amazing hot bath. So mm -hmm. you had to go and book for your ski fitting and everything. And they gave you a card that you used to charge to pay for everything. And I was like, hey, I really don't want to do this thing, Sharp. But anyway, as I was going by force to go and register for my ski thing, I passed the spa. No, you didn't. <laughs> spa place. And I was like... Fuck this shit, man. I just used the same card and I booked myself a full day spa session. They did not see me for when the whole day. So I was getting myself massaged and bathed and everything. So at the end of the day, when everybody came back in looking disheveled and tired and scattered, I was looking very refreshed. Fly! You know? So I did not feel any feelings of missing out that day. What I did, tell what you. Did, they, did they ask you that? Um, Auntie, where were you? They did. And I said, I took a spa. I went for a spa day instead. It's not costing you more money. It's the same card. So please hold yourself. Leave me. I love it. I love it. Your authentic self. Love it. Love it. Love it. I got bad, bad eye and side eye, but I was like, fuck that. Whatever. Whatever. I've been pampered. I'm all good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I love dear. it. Oh, and, and the last area, um, relationships. This one's pretty much a minefield because we're all single and we all feel very differently about being single. So maybe I'll start with um, you, Ribby. What do you, how do you think relationships feel disconsent in the society? 
Oh, this is a big one because I think um, for women, certainly for where we are from, from the moment you, you have any kind of realization, there is an expectation that you are meant to be in a relationship. You are meant to ultimately get married and you're meant to ultimately have children. So that expectation is there. And you feel you fall, well, initially I felt like I fell short of meeting that goal, that achievement because I'm not married, don't have kids, not in a relationship. I kind of felt like that was one box I constantly failed to tick. Um, and uh, funny enough, I also felt like it didn't matter how well I performed in other areas of my life. If that box had not been ticked, then I just was not complete. Um, and I think a lot of single women, certainly from where we're from in Nigeria, feel this way. That it doesn't matter how many degrees, how well you're doing in your job. If you're not in a relationship, you are, that is the, that is the ultimate thing to aim for. And that puts so much pressure, um, even though, you know, you're still a complete fulfilled human being, mm. regardless of the fact that you're not in a relationship. So that's kind of my big bugbear with, with that piece. And for a long time, I bought into that logic of until you are in a relationship and you get married, you've, you've not completed your job. You're not, you're not a good daughter. You've not done everything. Right now, honestly, I am very content with my situation in life. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's not for lack of wanting. So that's fine. Mm, that's so that's fine. kind of where I am on that one. What about you, um, Kristen? Yeah, as I said um, in the beginning, for a very, 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 very long time, relationships were my main reason for not being happy in life or being unsatisfied. I think nothing else ever bothered me as much like if the, you know the word nirvana the only mm. thing stopping me from reaching mm. nirvana was i did not have a relationship mm. i did not have someone to love me yeah but i went on my journey and i found peace in myself mm -hmm. and for me i think um relationships are not something that bothers me but i i do totally agree with um ruby and i don't even think it's an african um no it isn't yeah no, you're right mm. the mm -hmm. society as a whole couples everywhere couples in everything you never you hardly find a movie that focuses on a single person who yeah. is absolutely happy mm. and so we're being we're always being shown that the way to be fulfilled in life is to have a perfect relationship and all around us we have married we have married friends we have married couples and i i read an interesting i think book or article that said that actually your happiness levels from being single to being married actually don't change that much after a while, it just becomes balanced. Yes, you're maybe happy when you first meet someone or when you first get married, mm. and then it just balances out. But society never tells us that. They just like get married and you'll be happy. But um, I think, as Suberno said in our last episode, if you're not happy already, relationships are not going to make you happy. And that's True. the biggest lesson Word. I learned. Be happy. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. Relationship may come. It may not, but I will always remain happy. Mm. I, I totally get that. I mean, and I think in terms of society too, that pinnacle of being misses somebody, you know, 
as in you're it's as if you're taking yourself away from your own identity mm. and becoming somebody else with these with these attributes it's it seems to be the pinnacle for women um not necessarily for men and i and i think it's a very painful one because it's not really something within your control. You cannot force who you love. Um, and even with children, having children, it's also a biological thing. It's not something that's truly within your control. You know, you can sleep with as many people and still not have children. It, it does happen. So it's one of the, the areas of discontent that I think is the most painful because it's not really something you can yourself do anything about you can get a better job and have more material possessions you can go on a diet and you know lose weight and get plastic surgery and make your bum bigger um you can enroll for an activity but finding a relationship you can't just go out and pick somebody off the street and i think that's why this area of discontent is is the most to me i think painful i'd say maybe the most futile because you can't you can't force a feeling of love you know and even if you say you want to marry somebody you like is that enough to build a relationship on and and, and that seems to be what you know seems to be happening people are forcing themselves into relationships and just because they want to be in one even if it's not good for them mm-hmm. um toxic relationships and yeah. Mm. or even trying to have children that they shouldn't um that you know it's not of their own control or they don't even want children not everybody has that nurturing um personality so I think yeah I think it's a real area of discontent simply because it's outside of your control Mm. yeah totally very much so very much so yeah okay so let's let's get to know a bit more about you ladies um for each of these discontents in terms of material possessions, self body image, um, FOMO and relationships, over time, how, how has that feeling of discontent changed for you? So for instance, if, if we're talking material possessions and wealth, over time, how has your feelings of um, discontent changed from, you know, when you were younger to now? Ribby. Um, hmm, good question. So um, I think I spoke to it earlier a little bit that um, certainly in my, twi- it's quite interesting because in my twenties, you know, I-, I was living the life. I was like, happy experiencing everything. So I didn't really feel discontent I was actually just enjoying and sucking the most out of life because you're in your 20s everything is a new experience in your early 20s especially and then there comes a point where reality bites and you start to feel a bit more of the pressures of everything right so I think towards my mid to late 20s especially I think when you know the typical expectations were not happening so I wasn't getting married I wasn't meeting anybody that was saying oh yeah let's marry and all of that wasn't really happening uh starting to feel a little bit more discontent with my lot you know um and it was uh, it was a journey to kind of say what what areas of life was I not happy about with my with my body certainly I put on weight and 
uh, was struggling a little bit with that, with relationship, I was struggling with, with, um, with that as well. So I was, I was generally, and, and it also was because, again, what was my source of reference? It was the external world, it was TV, it was other people's relationships, my assumptions about who was happy in their marriage. It was all of these things that were making me feel like I was missing out, I wasn't achieving, I wasn't living the life. There, was, there is a nirvana that can be achieved if I only have the perfect guy and I'm the perfect weight. My hair is a certain way and I make certain amount of money. That's when, that was the equation to nirvana and that was what was not making me content. It was actually not about how I felt as a person. It was more about what was I achieving and how were people seeing me? Um, and it took, it took a long time you know, to start to, to address each of those areas to say, you know, one is about accepting who I was, me, you know, my body as my body was. So, you know, you kind of say, if I don't lose another kilogram of weight, is that the worst thing in the world? You know, am I, can I not be just happy with who I am right now? If I don't go to the gym for one more session, is that okay? You know, and then it was about um, if, if you, you don't mean the perfect guy, does that mean that you're not able to be happy? Can you, can you be happy in and of yourself, by yourself? Can you, can you be happy? Um, and is your happiness coming from what you acquire or how you behave and who you surround yourself with? So it was kind of going through the journey of unpacking all of those things and actually looking at my, myself and saying, maybe there were certain things that I was doing that was bringing bad energy and bad people around me. So could I be doing things differently to get rid of toxic, toxicity? Oh, is that the right word? And toxicity. Yeah. Thank you. And could I put in boundaries so that people don't hurt me mm. um, or bring negative stuff into my life? And, you know, should I be saying more of no uh, uh, and less of yes mm. to things that people ask me to do? Because there was also a little bit of wanting to people please um, as well, you know? So maybe there were things, maybe there was a, a holiday I didn't want to go but I felt the need to go because otherwise I would feel I was missing out on something but I'd rather just sit down at home and just watch tv mm. or do I have to be in a relationship with somebody who was making me miserable because mm. I just wanted to have the label of being in a relationship and that was probably one way to marriage did I mm. have to go through all of that misery just because I wanted to get married so it was getting rid of all of these things, these labels, these expectations, and just being happy with myself, accepting myself that if you strip away all, the, all these other things and just is you yourself, can you be happy? Can you accept yourself? And as I said, it, it was when I was able to get to that point where I said, oh, I can be happy. I am actually happy in and of myself. I am enough, you know, to quote and add, I am worth it. Then is when I got to contentment that is when I got to this state of where I am oh that's lovely yeah that's that's that shows a lot of growth Ruby oh, yeah painful growth of, yeah yeah <laughs> I can imagine um what about you Crystal what's your journey been like um so up until I was 30 <laughs> I was very very sad and discontent with my lot in life but I remember my when I was 
going to turn 30, my sister-in-law said, you know what, don't be afraid to turn 30. When you turn 30, you become a goddess. Yeah, and literally my life changed when I when I turned 30. Not, or not in, you know, not all of a sudden like magic, but I was taken on a journey and my life lessons on this journey for contentment were one, self-love, two, happiness is not a destination. Happiness is not a destination. And if you keep thinking that I'll be happy when I meet the right man, when I get the right body, when I get this salary, you will never be happy because there will always be something. Mm. So I have learned to be happy in my now, gratitude and contentment I have learned that gratitude living in the now those things have changed my life for the better I am in such a happy place um, and there are days you know when you know you falter a little bit especially with um, my, for me it's my weight <laughs> and not relationships anymore I've conquered that amen hallelujah hallelujah I no longer have this burning desire that if I meet someone, my life is going to be better. No. So, yeah, I think it's always reminding yourself because sometimes you forget. And then it's always having friends around you to remind you as well. And yeah, that's been my journey, I would say. Yeah, I love, I love that. I think for me, um, my, when I was younger, it was about... Um, graduating and getting that job and becoming, you know, millionaire. Um, you know, that's every little girl's dreams, being able to pull your family um, into wealth and, you know, get married, have lots of children. I mean, those are the things sort of instilled in me within the culture. Um, and I guess over time when I did get that first job and I guess reality started setting in because once you start looking around at the people around you, there are no millionaires, yeah. you know, they just, they just weren't any. Um, well, now we see them on Instagram, but back then before Instagram in your everyday life, you, you didn't see them. Um, you could drive down to Ikoi and go to, you know, the restaurants and things, but you're still seeing people like yourself buying food in those places. You know, I never really saw the rich, glossy life, you know. So I guess my need for material possessions reduced. Um, Self-image, I never, as I mentioned, I never had a problem with. Um, but back then, the busyness was also still a problem for me. And relationships was a problem back then um, because, you know, you, I just, I didn't want to be hurt. So I was very, very cautious. Okay. I think now where I am in these areas is um, I am probably more um, into material possessions than I was, let's say in my thirties, but in a very different way in that I want to secure my own future and realize that realistically there are certain things I need to achieve that. And I'm also working towards those goals for myself yeah. and realizing that those goals don't have to be that big. It just needs to be about having enough to do the things I want to do. And in terms of self image, um, ooh, is it rapid fire? It is. Rapid fire. 
Okay, yeah. we've got a, we've got a different a bit of a different rapid fire question today. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask. We're going to do it in a round robin format. So first, I'll ask um, Crystal a question, and um, when Crystal answers, then we will now have the opportunity to respond to her answer. So, and then I'll do the same for um, Ruby. And then both of you will do the same for me. So it, the question is this, Crystal. Tell us an area of your life in which you're not content and then tell us how you're coping with it. Um, and then um, I and Rebe will offer our own suggestions. And then we'll do that for each talking single lady. So Crystal. Um. So the area, the area of my life, I think I've said it already, where I'm not content is my body. Yeah. Um, I have put on um, weight, I think, recently, or I've just gained this sense of discontent with the way my body looks. And the way I'm trying to combat that, I recently read a book called Adventures for Your Soul. And this lady said, whenever she looked at her body, she imagined that glitter was falling all over it. And she would say, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. And I try to do that. And I'm, I, you know, I try to eat healthy and exercise. I'm not a lazy slob, but I still find that. I don't know whether it's because we're not going to the gym or maybe I have body dysmorphia or something. But I still find that there are parts of my body that I'm unsatisfied with. And I also realized that even when I was a skinny girl, I also didn't like my body yeah. anyway. Uh, so, yeah, 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 that's that's the one. OK, so um, um, Ruby, do you want to offer a suggestion? Well, this is a difficult one. I, I, I so empathize and relate because I've been I've been there, I, I think. But I think the first thing I would say is I think most women have you're not alone. Most women have some part of their body that they wish they could swap around. Um, and, and I think that you're doing the right things, you know, you're, you are really trying to tell yourself and there's a mental exercise about appreciating what you do have in your body. You know, I think that's one thing that you should always do. And I think you do it very well. Um, I personally think you've got a sensual body. So, and I think you, you, <laughs> you always know how to accentuate your best bits. So I, I think your body is extremely sensual. So I'm just saying. Um, and, uh, and I think it's really about focusing on the parts of your body that you do like and that you do love your features, you know, and just recognizing that it is even more so about the inside than it is about the outside. Very true. As well. Yeah. And you can... And so far as you're doing what you can, that's all you can ask of yourself, really. That's all you can ask of yourself. And hey, you know, like I said, you know, earlier on, you know, um, you, like I, God made you this way. For those who believe in God, I believe that he made us this particular way and you can't fix perfection. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you very Speak much. It. I totally agree with everything you just said. In fact, how do I follow that? This is... The best I will say is when it comes to self-image, the thing that is within your own control is your health. Yeah. Eating healthy and exercising, that is within your control. And whatever weight comes out of that is what you are meant to have. And I think that's the simplest 
thing you can do mm. anything after that is outside your control you and and you need to just remember that you people will l- love you regardless of how you look because it's your personality we love not the clothes you're wearing or the lipstick you put on your lips or you know your sensual body mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sensual sensual body. Go girl. And she, and she loves it because she knows it. She knows it. She knows it. Thank you, lady. She does. Thank she you. Knows does. It. Uh, kidney. Kidney. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any guy that is lucky enough to hold that body. They have, their, their hands are full. Oh, <laughs> my... <laughs> I am literally blushing. <laughs> If I was light-skinned, I'll be so red right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. So, uh, oh, Ruby, your turn. Tell us an area in uh, your life. So, so I guess um, I've always, uh, I think it's really when it comes to relationships. So, and it's an interesting one because I, I'm pretty content as I live by myself. I'm pretty content. But I honestly genuinely believe I wasn't designed to be alone i'm not one of these people that believe that if i end up by myself this is what i genuinely don't believe that that's the case and even though um i know that um and i I fundamentally believe that a man is never going to make me happy and i am happy by myself there is a part of me that still wants to share my life with somebody you know i don't want my companion to be my puppy forever you know and Mm. and so i and and you guys know to kind of handle that I am actively dating and I have a very optimistic view about dating. So I don't know whether it's advice I need or words of encouragement, I don't know, but uh, what more one can do within lockdown. But I think I am trying to put myself out there in a kind of balanced way. Um, And in the meantime, I'm not waiting for some guy to come and save me. I'm still living my life and doing everything that I want to do, but it's still, you know, how you, how you kind of manage that, knowledge that I'm not designed to be alone as you try to find you know your partner and live your life it's how you kind of juggle all of those emotions because there will be good days and then there will be not so good days right it's being kind of truthful so it's it's quite an interesting uh I don't think it's a dilemma but it's just the reality right yeah I mean what I, I I think I think the only thing I can say to that in in you know as a suggestion is you are doing everything you can mm. and you just need to be aware that what you are doing is enough mm. for that activity. Mm. It's like mm. you're, you're trying to bake a cake. You have the ingredients, you put it in the oven. After that, just let it yeah. be. Just, mm. just let it be. Let the cake come out. Whatever it is, it's got sugar and butter in it. It's going to taste good. So yeah, you've put it in and just wait for something lovely and yummy to come out. Mm. You're doing the work. Just just. Just wait for the universe to tell you what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait for them to respond. And that response could be anything, but just embrace the response of the universe. You're saying it may not be a white knight. Ouch. (laughs) Well, the thing is, sometimes the things we want are not necessarily the things we should have. I, I wish you to have the best of what you need. Mm. I think that's what I should say. Okay. I like that. I like that. What about yeah. you? Um, Any suggestions? I think you're doing all the right things. Mm. 
and you know you, the fact that you're doing all the right things and the most important thing is that you're not giving up yeah. and the other important thing is that you're not waiting for a man to fulfill you you're mm. still getting on with your life while you're looking yeah. and for me I just think it's only a matter of time yeah. so don't give up I think it's mm. just a matter of time right yeah. person right place right time mm. you meet him but the only thing I would say is don't think that is good as I think um, Keisha said said the same thing don't think it's going to happen a certain way because mm. life has a way of surprising us that it might true. not be it might not be online it might be when you're walking luna somebody mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah don't, so be be open yeah be open yeah. just be yeah. open shine online your eye shine shine perfect yeah. yeah i'm glad yeah. you're doing that but be open because it, so. it might happen in the places that you least expect okay so it might not be the the cake in the oven it might be somebody delivering me cookies okay i get that i get that (laughs) i like that i like that being open i love that thank you ladies so let me tell you yeah my um area that i'm not content with right now the one that when i wake up is the one that bothers me is um material possessions but that's in the form of i think I want to financially be in a certain place and Mm. I'm not there. And what I need to realize is um, that it's something I have to work on and it's actually something that's not that important. I should be more grateful for what I have, but it still bothers me a lot because I still think I deserve more but I have no basis for saying that. So it's not as if I don't know what my problems are. Mm. It's just, what would you suggest, ladies? Hmm. So I would, so here's a, an exercise on assignment for you. I think the first thing is to think about why you feel you deserve more. Is there something in there that is making you feel like that? Because I know you, you've accomplished a lot already. And as you, and I think you're, part of it is in what you said about appreciating what you've amassed already. Cause you know, some people haven't re- reached even half of what you've accomplished. And I'm looking to you and saying, man, look at what she's achieved. If only I could get half of that, I'd be, I'd die happy. So I think it's recognizing where you are already, really thinking about the, the additional that you feel you deserve, why? And will that make you more content and satisfied um, than where you are now? Could it be that you are more interested in the chase than the achievement of that goal? Um, Could that be what is driving you more? And and that's what therefore excites you as opposed to, you know, and I think uh, I'll I'll steal one of Crystal's lines that, you know, sometimes it's about just enjoying the journey as opposed to the destination Uh, and maybe focus on being where you are right now um, than doing. Uh, oh, so I'm loving those, this advice. Those, those would be my, my tips. <laughs> I'm taking notes and I'm going to do homework. Taking notes and doing homework. <laughs> what do you think, Crystal? 
for me, the only, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say? I'm not really good at it. But, but something just came to my mind and it's a song. I, I don't know if you guys know this song. It's like old school mm. Christian song. It's called Count Your Blessings. Mm -hmm. Count Your Blessings, name them one by one. One by one. So mm. that's, that's my advice for you. When you feel that way, count your blessings and name, literally name them one mm, by mm, one. Mm, mm, and mm, not mm. just... Um, all your blessings, but related to the material stuff, count stuff, them and yeah. name them one okay. by one and see how amazing your life actually is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my advice. Word yeah. sisters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, with that, we've come to the end of the episode. Um, I guess in summary, good or bad, everyone generally puts their best on show, but in quiet times, let's strive to be comfortable with where we are in this moment, in this life, with no burning desire to make a change, accept that life is good, favor it, practice gratitude, take a moment to be grateful, remind ourselves that you are happy with the things you already have, and every single day do something that you enjoy. Yeah, I think Aww. that's a good summary. That's lovely. Love it. It's, it's been lovely. such an amazing yeah. um, episode. And, and I would love to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening to the Talking Single podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google and Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please rate us on Apple Podcasts. As usual, thanks for joining. Talk soon. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Talking Single Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'd love to hear from you. So please follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter with the handle at Talking Single Podcast. You can also send us comments or questions with the hashtag at Talking Single Podcast. We are downloadable on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a great review and of course, share with your family and friends. Take care and see you next week. Same time, same place.